Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a sex and intimacy coach, a psychologist, and I have spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create and maintain meaningful relationships that contain sizzling sex without shame. On this podcast, we're working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And today the letter is H and H is for head. So today we're going to talk about all things oral sex. Now, some of you listening may have attended an oral fixation class with me. This is a three-hour class I do that goes over everything to do with every kind of oral sex. We're going to excerpt from some of that here. But I want to start out with the um, clear statement that oral sex is not just about foreplay. A lot of people think of it as simply foreplay, and a lot of people think of it as optional. But one must remember that oral sex includes things like kissing and talking dirty. So one of the areas you have to get great in if you want to be fantastic in the bedroom is oral sex. But different cultures have different attitudes and lots of people have a lot of myths around oral sex and concerns around oral sex. So how about I address some of that? Um, today, we'll see. I'm going to start out, though, with some history that you might not know. For example, historian, it was an author and a scholar called Thierry Leguay, said that the first really clear traces of fellatio you can find in ancient Europe and for the, sorry, ancient Egypt. And for those of you who don't know what fellatio means, fellatio is a blowjob. It is when you provide oral contact with a penis, right? And what he says is Osiris was killed by his brother and cut into pieces. His sister Iris put the pieces together, but by chance the penis was missing. An artificial penis was made out of clay. And in order for the life to be brought back into this penis, Iris blew the life back into Osiris by sucking the penis, sucking the artificial penis. And there are really explicit images of this myth. In addition, in Pompeii, which for those of you who don't know, was buried by the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD. Archaeologists uncovered ancient baths and they were decorated with erotic frescoes and some of them had depictions of oral sex. So this is not new. And of course, oral sex is in the Kama Sutra, which is probably one of the most well-known erotic texts. So not news at all. So let's look at technique, if we can. And let's start a little bit with some anatomy and some fact 
notes because I do think that this is quite important when you're talking about oral sex. So I'm going to start with the penis and this is explicit, but of course this show often is explicit. So I don't think this is likely to be surprising any of you, but let's just start there. Um, and the penis itself is actually constructed of three layers of tissue and the three layers of tissue fill with blood when aroused. The glands is the head of the penis, and this is the one of the most sensitive parts of the penis. So when you're looking at oral contact, oral contact to the glands, the head of the penis is definitely one of the places where you want to do some focusing. About 50% of people with penises in the United States at the current time are circumcised and 50% uncircumcised. If you are looking at the older population, so you're talking about people sort of 45 and above, then you are more likely to find uncircumcised penises. And this is because for many years, this was standard. It was just standard. The frenulum is the part where the foreskin meets the skin of the penis. And it's a little V. And even after circumcision, there's usually a little bit left. It is very sensitive for many people, sometimes too sensitive. So that is a place where you can actually do some licking that will really stimulate, but you also need to be careful as it might overstimulate. People often forget the scrotum and um, the scrotum super sensitive. So again, you need to take care when you're stimulating or playing with it, but it's a big turn on for lots of folk. Well, I'm not going to go over all the internal anatomy. I do want to highlight that the prostate is wonderfully stimulated and that that's something you can do while you are performing oral sex. You can insert something into the anus and reach the prostate from that direction or you can reach some of the prostate by stimulating the area between the bollocks and the anus, which is the perineum, also known as the taint, because it taint this and it taint that, right? And if you stimulate that area, massage that area, that will also do some prostate stimulation. But the, direct sti the more direct stimulation is definitely through the anus. You need to remember, as with all things, you need to get consent. And some people really don't like having their bums played with. So it's really important that it's a conversation you have before you're down there. So that is all the anatomy I'm doing for penises and related structures. And we're going to move next to the vulva. The vulva is the external anatomy and it includes labia, part of the clitoris, the vaginal opening, and the urethra. The labia are two sets of lips that fold around the vaginal opening. The majora are large and fold over the whole area. The minora are smaller and start at the clitoris and go to just under the vaginal opening. Now, one of the things you need to realize is that everyone is different, not surprisingly. But for, for some reason, and I suspect some of this has to do with um, what people see in pornography, um, sometimes people get the idea that the lips are supposed to look a certain way, that the mons is supposed to look a certain way, when actually there's huge variation. 
I would encourage you to look at the wall of vagina, if you look that up online, where there were casts done of many different vaginas and vulvas. And so you can see the extent of variation. It's a great way to put in perspective just how much variation there is. The clitoris, the tip of the clitoris is the bit that you see. This is the glands. Please note that um, the penis and the clitoris have the same amount of erectile tissue. I'm going to say that again. Both have the same amount of erectile tissue. It is just that the erectile tissue for the penis is all external to the body. The erectile tissue for the clitoris is mostly internal to the body. If you've not seen a diagram of this, please go look online. The clitoris, you've got the glands that's sticking out. That's the bit you see. And then you have legs and bulbs. All of it's erectile tissue. Again, each person is different. The clitoris can be extremely small, the part that you can see, or it can be as big as a thumb. The glands is covered by the clitoral hood, but in some people, the hood is long and completely covers. In others, you can't really tell that there is a hood. The cura, the legs, you get one on each side of the vagina. This is about five inches of erectile tissue, and it fills with blood on arousal. It's got more than more nerve endings than almost any area in the body, and it is solely for pleasure. That's the only reason that there is a clitoris is pleasure. The vagina will also expand when a person is around, and the G-spot is in inside towards the front or the belly button side of the vagina, also made of erectile tissue. The A spot on the back towards the anus, also made of erectile tissue. Now there's a lot of science folks that believe these spots are actually parts of the clitoris because the whole clitoris swells when excited. We have about two minutes till break and then we will be done with anatomy. Uh, we will cover squirting later on. So all I want you to remember is that the skein's glands are there as well and um, that they release fluid when a woman squirts and they're sometimes known as the women's prostate glands. But we'll cover that later when we get to squirting. Uh, for now, that is the end of the anatomy section when we are talking um, oral sex, although later we will go back given time and talk a little about oral to anal sex. But for now, I'll see you in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is segment two of H is for Head. Today, we are talking all things oral sex. And before the break, I gave anatomy um, and said that later I will come back and talk um, a little bit more. But I think I'm just going to give you the last of the anatomy now. We're going to move on to the anus. And yes, there are nerve endings here. There's lots of pleasure to be had from good stimulation. And we're only going to talk about rimming or analingus later on. But I want you to consider some other anatomy when we talk about oral contact, which is that our skin is sensitive to touch everywhere on our bodies. Nipples are made up of erectile tissue in all genders and can also be extremely sensitive. And the pleasure doesn't just come from where you are putting your lips, mouth, and tongue. Your lips, mouth, and tongue have over a million nerve endings and are one of the most sensitive areas of your body. So again, you get pleasure from that. The color of your lips is the blood in the capillaries underneath because lips have one of the thinnest membranes, thinnest areas of skin on the body. And your inner lip is the same as your outer lip. It's also said the flesh of your cheek, inside your cheek is the same as the flesh inside the vagina. So very sensitive, indeed. So let's talk a bit about fellatio. 
Palatio is a term that was coined by Havelock Ellis in 1894, and it comes from the Latin meaning to suck. In 1884, the German Manual of Classical Erotology had the terms philator, philatrix, and fellation, but for some reason they didn't have the term fellatio, which I think is kind of amusing. Um, so let's talk about trip, tricks, tips, techniques for giving head for penises and balls, okay? The most important thing, and this is actually universal for sex, but particularly for oral sex of any kind, enthusiasm is essential and enthusiasm goes a long way even when your technique isn't great. If your partner feels that you are not enjoying yourself, no matter how good your technique is, they're not going to have a great time. The best sex comes from two enthusiastic or more enthusiastic participants, right? Some group sex is really great, also enthusiastic participants. There's no way that you won't communicate how you're feeling about what you're doing to the person you're doing it to. So you need to remember that. So like if you're feeling ill or you're in a bad way and you really aren't up to this, you're better off talking with your partner about that and getting a rain check than you are doing something and being unenthusiastic. This only works, by the way, if you have a conversation about why it is that you don't want to do this right now and that you're not putting them off time and time and time again for years. Initially, always take your time and explore. If this is a new penis to you, you should check it all out. So go over all the parts that I discussed earlier because each person is different in terms of where they're most sensitive, what types of pressure and strokes they like better. You want to use your lips, your tongue, and with consent, you can use your teeth to nibble. You want to try different depths, do shallow and do as deep as you can. Use your hands. When someone's moving towards orgasm, it is then often important to keep the rhythm unless you really want to annoy the person that you're sucking on. So you can experiment with rhythm, with um, pressure, with depth, all of that as a way of um, getting the person closer and closer to orgasm as part of the enjoyment to the whole act. But once they're striving for that orgasm, you want to keep things consistent so they can reach the orgasm. Unless, of course, you're playing with power and you are um, doing something where you're edging, which means keeping someone on the edge of an orgasm. That is something that's fun to do. And if that's what you're doing, then, okay, vary the, varying the pressure and stuff will definitely keep them on the edge. A great blowjob often includes attention paid to other parts of the body. Working on the balls, nibbling, sucking, licking the whole sack, sucking the balls into your mouth. If you're able to get both in, do try that. 
that usually goes over really well. Uh, don't forget to lick and put pressure on the perineum, the area just behind the balls. That's what we were calling the taint earlier. If your person is happy for you to stimulate their nipples, stroking, pinching, and sucking on nipples can raise the temperature. And then there's the ass and the prostate. Using your fingers to stimulate the anus and the prostate, if you can reach while you're sucking on the dick, works really well if the person enjoys prostate stimulation. If they're new to prostate stimulation, you want to start very slowly with lots of lube, go very gently, and make sure they breathe. And if they're new to prostate stimulation, you might want to do that separately. Although in some ways people can be more relaxed when you're doing something that causes that they already enjoy and is causing them great pleasure. So that's um, sometimes a great way to introduce a new thing. You're doing something wonderful that they love and they're loving it and they're loving it and you've got consent to introduce this new thing and so it's somewhat distracting from the new sensation. Depends on the person. Don't forget you need to have a good conversation about this. Before you do anything, consent is always key. So most people have heard all about why deep throating is important and why it's great and why it's wonderful to be able to take the whole penis all the way down your throat and, and then on the flip side, gag reflexes. So gag reflexes are definitely a thing. The gag reflex engages not actually by pushing into the back of your throat. Often the reflex engages as soon as something touches the roof of your mouth or the back of your tongue and the back of your throat or near your tonsils. And why? Well, this is to help prevent choking. It's, a, it's an automatic response to help prevent choking. Now, there are people who don't have much of a gag reflex, but most of us do. And actually, although it may be a bonus not to have much of a gag reflex when you're sucking dick, it's not a bonus in life in general. You want that to engage to help you prevent choking. It does get in the way if you want a deep throat, a penis, or a dildo, because the muscles at the back of your throat are triggered to prevent you from swallowing. People also end up gagging because of a bad taste, sight, sound, smell, anxiety, or panic. Again, some of this was to prevent you from choking. If something had a horrible taste and you gagged, then you didn't swallow it. If there was a bad smell and you gagged, you got yourself out of there. You didn't ingest too much of it. So there were good evolutionary reasons for this. And the first way that you can reduce the gag reflex is to get your soft palate used to being touched. So you can try using a soft toothbrush and brush the back of your tongue until you feel you were gag and then stop. You do not want to hit the area that actually makes you gag. You want to stop just before that reflex kicks in and brush that area for 15 seconds. Seriously, just 15 seconds. When you've done that, leave it alone and come back to it the next day. Do it each day for 15 seconds until you no longer feel the urge to gag. 
that area has been desensitized. Then you need to move back a little further and desensitize the next area. You move area by area until you reach the tongue's furthest visual point. This should take about a month. Next, try the same with a dildo. Work from the area just before you, get, you gag backwards, desensitizing each area as you go. So you want to keep it back there and hold it back there, right? And one of the things that can make it easier to open things up is to hum while pushing whatever it is into the back of your throat. Right? So you go, hmm, and that will open things up. I know it seems silly, but it does work. Also, you need to remember that anything pushing straight back is going to hit the back of the throat. Remember that your throat is angled. So you want to try and angle your head in a way that is going to make it easier for something to go further down. So try different positions from that perspective. Also know that sometimes people gag, freak out, and pull back because they're afraid they're not going to be able to breathe. And that sometimes when you are deep throating, there is a degree of breath control involved. If this is something that frightens you, you want to practice it so that you know you're not going to suffocate. Because panic will certainly ignite the gag reflex really quickly. Other things that make an excellent blowjob. If you are having trouble actually pushing to the full gag reflex, you can use an open-ended fleshlight. It's called a fleshlight quick shot and slide that to the bottom of the penis. You know, you make sure that that is really well lubricated and you use that with your mouth. So you cover the entire penis and you're using your mouth, lips and tongues on the head. Also, get off first. If you have an orgasm first, you will be more relaxed as you work. Definitely an easier way to make things open up. I want to talk briefly about swallowing because people ask the question, should you swallow? Is it okay if you spit semen? I'd like to invite the people who think that it's okay to spit to think about how they would feel if their partner went bleh or spit things out of their mouth after going down on them. No, it's not okay to spit. If the penis is at the back of your throat, you're not tasting it anyway. It's just going to go straight down, just swallow reflexively. So now we are one minute from break. Um, so I'm going to leave you with that thought. It's not okay to spit because of what it is, you are rejecting your partner. If you really don't like it, do this with a condom. We'll be back after some words from our sponsors. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. 
You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice of America Health and Wellness. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And we are on segment three of H is forehead. So before the break, I was talking about uh, whether or not you should swallow um, semen and suggested that, yes, absolutely, you should, because spitting it out is actually really offensive to the person. It's a it's, it can be seen as an insult. Um and I invite you to think about how you would feel if somebody had something horrible to say about how you taste, smell, etc. If you want to improve the taste, then you want to avoid smoking too much dairy, drugs and alcohol, high sulfur foods like broccoli and cabbage, too much caffeine and asparagus. Don't forget that in order to make your blowjob more spicy, you can play with temperature. So your ice cubes or ice cream in the mouth, warm liquid in the mouth. Alcohol can be an interesting sensation. If you find blowjobs challenging, but you want to please your partner, take your time and go slow and explore and ask to be in control of the action and breathe. Breathe slowly. Slow everything down. Don't forget to use your hands as well or use the fleshlight quick shot as mentioned earlier. 
Quick word about safety, because safety is all about risk assessment. No activities are ever completely safe, and we all make decisions about how much risk we're willing to take. This is an area I teach about in terms of relationships and in terms of sex and in terms of life. And I encourage you, if you're not great with risk assessment, and you'll know that by how many times things are not optimum in your life to come and take the course I teach on risk assessment. The next one is, I think, the 15th of May. In any event, there are a number of sexually transmitted infections that can be easily caught through oral sex. These include syphilis, gonorrhea, herpes, genital warts, and chlamydia. There are less easy infections that can be caught, but it's harder to transmit via oral sex. They include HIV and hepatitis C. Condoms will protect you from all of the sexually transmitted infections mentioned. Standard condoms are often unpleasant tasting, but there are flavored condoms which can make blowjobs easier when you're using condoms. Let's talk about cunnilingus and uh, some trick and tick tips and tricks, you think I could say that correctly, tips and tricks and techniques to make this great. First of all, cunnilingus actually shows up in medical texts in 1824 and goes into common usage in 1884. It's from cunnis, which means vulva, plus lingeri, which means to lick. It's Havelock Ellis in Studies in the Psychology of Sex, 1905. Um, who talks about cunnilingus as being very familiar manifestation in classical times, and that it tends to be prevalent at all periods of high civilization, which you may not have known. As with um, giving a blowjob, enthusiasm is hugely important. Do take your time, and again, every vulva looks different. The general anatomy is the same, so the general approach can be the same, but the vast differences in size and sensitivities mean that learning each individual is best so that you both fully enjoy the experience. You never know what range of color you'll see, what range of shape or size. Some labia are puffy, others are thin, some are short, others hang low. Some completely cover the clitoris and others don't and so it's exposed. And of course, pubic hair also varies greatly from nothing to tons. Each vulva has a smell too, just like penises, and they range from salty to coppery to musky to leathery. A fishy or foul odor means that something is wrong. The same vagina can taste different day to day. Taste and smell are related to menstrual cycle, hormones, diet, hydration, and medication. It's the same with the taste of the semen. By the way, hydrating also dilutes any taste. You want to give a great head to a vulva, vagina, and clitoris. Use lips, mouth, tongue, and with consent, teeth, and combine fingers and mouth. Sometimes that's amazing. Some people don't like that, so you need to make sure to pay attention. Pay attention to the labia majora and also the labia minora. Remember that vulva owners take an average of 20 to 30 minutes of clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. I'm going to say that again. 20 to 30 minutes of clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. And many need the same action or pressure over and over. 
So that myth that you should write the alphabet with your tongue and that's going to make the lady go nuts is a myth likely to annoy the fuck out of your partner. Okay? Frequently, pressure is more important than type of stroke. You're often better starting out exploring the whole area and then moving into working on the clitoris. Remember that this is just the head, the glands of the clitoris, and that the rest is internal. Often people have a side of their clitoris they prefer to have stimulated. Some have a hood that's similar to a foreskin, so it's quite a large hood, and they'll enjoy having this played with and moved. For others, it isn't as prominent a feature, or it's very firmly attached and it's painful to play with and move. Most clitorises are sensitive, some are hypersensitive, and direct stimulation will be too much. Sucking gently also works for many people. Remember that some people have suffered female genital mutilation, and so going anywhere near this area might be a problem. Some have had their clitorises completely excised, others have not. But again, this is a conversation that all good sex starts with great conversation, right? So what you want to make sure to do is talk with your partner lots and lots and openly tell your partner what you need and make sure you get consent for everything. The biggest mistake people make when eating pussy is not doing it long enough and not showing enthusiasm. If it's clear that this is simply a means to try to get ready for P and V sex, it probably won't work as well either. That isn't to say that you can't use this as act one or foreplay, but it needs to be done for its own sake. If you rush through it, your partner's not going to appreciate it, but that's also true when you're giving a blowjob. It's better to start with light pressure and slowly increase pressure and speed. If you can and you got permission, experiment with nibbling and sucking and com with permission, combine with penetration with fingers. If someone's pressing their vulva towards your mouth or grabbing your hair, they're loving you. You just keep doing what you're doing. If they're trying to push you back, they're probably too sensitive. So pay attention to that as well. Hum, moan, rumble against the area. Play the clit and the vulva like an instrument, and it creates all sorts of sensations. It is a fine balance for many vulva owners between direct and constant clitoral stimulation and too much focus, which makes them oversensitive. And the only way to get the balance is to pay attention to what your partner says and does while you're feasting. Vary things until you can feel they're close to orgasm, and then please stick with the pressure and rhythm until orgasm, unless, of course... You are trying to edge them and you've got their permission to do that. Do remember that multiple orgasm is a thing, but usually you will need to back off the clitoris for a little bit, allow the waves to subside in order to avoid oversensitivity, but don't back off for too long because you'll miss the chance to create a cascade of orgasms. Tongue techniques to try, broad, gentle strokes and pressure up and down strokes, circular strokes, clockwise or counterclockwise, suck lightly with the mouth with a very little tongue, wrap your tongue around the clitoris and stuck. And for those who don't like direct stimulation, you want to be direct to just to the side. 
Temperature play can be fun. Ice cubes, ice cream, create a dessert. However, food can be problematic. So be careful because it can change the pH in the vagina, which is very sensitive and yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis and other issues can arise quite easily. So try to avoid food in the vagina. Also don't get anything lost in the vagina that does happen. What if you don't like the smell or the flavor? This is often a touchy issue. Sometimes it's really a matter of getting used to it. Other times it's a matter of trying on a different day. Do remember that a really unpleasant odor can mean that there's an issue like a yeast infection or bacterial vaginosis. It can also be because of lack of hydration or what you're eating. Avoid asparagus. And any food that changes the smell of your sweat or urine will likely change the taste of the vagina and semen. Uh, squirting. Some people believe that squirting and ejaculation are two different things and others use the term interchangeably. Squirting happens most often from G-spot stimulation or clitoral and G-spot stimulation at the same time. The skein's glands are the ones that are responsible. If you're using your fingers or a toy to penetrate the vagina and stimulate the G-spot while engaging in pussy eating, your partner may squirt while you're doing so. And while some people release only a teaspoon of full fluids, others gush and will soak everything. So do be prepared if your head's between their legs while you're stimulating them in that way. You can also stimulate the area, the perineum, that's between, again, between the pussy and the ass, the taint, um, and that will also give pleasurable sensations. And for both um, blowjobs and cunnilingus, they can be seen as dominant or a submissive act. I'll talk more about that after the break, after we hear from some words from our sponsors. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time we're with you wherever alexa and google are at home in the car on your smart tv and your connected devices hey alexa hey google play my favorite voice america podcast on tune it's just that easy but make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America. America Health and Wellness.
This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and today we are on the final part of H is for Head. Just before the break, I said that I would have a brief conversation about how you can use oral sex um, as a dominant or a submissive act. Um, Some people feel that the act of giving head is dominant because you reduce the other person to putty when you do it well. Some people feel it's a submissive act or an act of worship on the other person's body that, and uh, they may be controlling your breathing during the actual act. So it can be used either way. It's worth remembering that. Um, I want to talk briefly about oral sex with people who are transgendered and non-binary. The most important thing to remember is that everybody's different. You can make absolutely no assumptions about what language a person will use to describe their genitals, their bodies, and even what they'll call the types of stimulation they enjoy. It's important to ask about what and where it is okay to touch. And this is a conversation that should happen when you're in a safe space with each other and before experimenting to see what might feel okay. With cisgendered people, you'd get explicit consent, but usually you'd be safe to experiment with touch without risking triggering someone within reason. But with a trans person, some touch and touching some places can be gender dysphoric, which is why the conversation in advance is so important. There are also things that can be gender affirming for some trans and non-binary people. For example, for a trans man, squirting can be gender affirming because it's ejaculation. Another area to explore in conversation is whether there are places where sensations decreased because of surgery or where sensation might feel far too intense because of surgeries. Again, female genital mutilation, sexual violence, and trauma survivors of all genders are also likely to need a more detailed conversation beyond the standard consent conversation before any kind of sexual experimentation. Hugely important to remember. As with every other body, enthusiasm is one of the hottest things ever. Let's talk very briefly about rimming and analingus. Oral to anal contact is called rimming. Cleanliness is essential to avoid the spread of bacteria and illness, but also because of the poop taste or smell. Although really, if you clean yourself well and you're not having diarrhea, there probably won't be much of anything there. You want to avoid infection in the vagina, so you've got to never go from ass to vagina in any way. If you want a vastly lower risk, use a dental dam or use cling film. If your partner has a gastrointestinal issues, just avoid the activity. If you have cold sores or open sores in your mouth, you ought to avoid the activity as well. In fact, you should be avoiding all oral. You can clean the area out by doing a really good wash or a a, a partial enema, which is a a limited enema. Some people like to do full enemas. Um, And you should remember that frequent enemas are not a great idea because they do irritate the rectum. Using kisses, licks, and starting with the taint in the thighs is a great way to move towards rimming. 
Do it like you're licking an ice cream cone too. Stiffen and relax your tongue. Penetrate with your tongue. Blow your warm breath around the area. And use your hands to be stimulating other things while you're doing this. Kissing. Oh my goodness. There are so many different types of kisses. Kissing releases a ton of chemicals, including endorphins, which lower the perception of pain and increase positive high feelings. Kissing releases oxytocin, which is a hormone that promotes trust, bonding, and attachment both in yourself and the person that you're kissing. It increases intimacy, can create sexual arousal, and can also promote orgasm. Sexual kissing where your mouth is open also will allow some testosterone to be transferred from a man to his partner that will raise the partner's sex drive. Always a good thing. Deep, passionate kisses get your juices flowing and are very healthy for you. They raise your heart rate and your blood pressure, can increase your life expectancy by lowering your stress levels, and they burn calories, 25 or 26 per one-minute kiss. It can also help us to choose the right mate, that's in quotes. When we kiss, we take in all sorts of physiological information via pheromones and saliva that may well let us know if the person we're kissing is optimally compatible with us or if they're too closely related to us. When you're both healthy, kissing will boost your immune system. It also uses all 34 muscles in the face and so tightens and strengthens your facial muscles, making you look younger. It'll boost your dental health because the saliva you produce when kissing will help you fight plaque buildup. And it can help with pain control because the endorphins you produce are more than 200 times stronger than painkillers like morphine and fentanyl. In men, kissing produces, predicts, sorry, relationship satisfaction. A study at the Kinsey Institute for Sexual Research demonstrated that kissing and cuddling were the most important predictors for relationship satisfaction. A study at University College London found that men who kiss their partners goodbye before leaving the house have fewer car accidents. Couples who are having problems with staying aroused during sex benefit from focusing on kissing only. And I often tell couples to restrict themselves to kissing for a week between sessions and detail their experiences. Most couples report intense arousal, difficulty keeping to the exercise and sticking to kissing only, and higher levels of connection and intimacy and spending far more time together being erotic when restricted to kissing. Kissing increases self-confidence. Because when you kiss someone, you are telling them that they are valuable to you, attractive to you, and that you want to be intimate with them. And all of these messages will increase self-confidence and self-esteem. Experiment nibbling on lips, tongue, using tongue, and then just open mouth, sharing breath and different lip pressures. Breathing with each other is also really seriously hot. We are only a few minutes away from the end of the show, so I would like to talk to you about what's upcoming because it's pretty exciting. On the 2nd of April, we are having hosting a virtual play party on a platform that isn't Zoom. It's on a platform that allows people to move through a variety of activities and 
when they are um, near people to communicate with and see people via video. Um, but when they're away from people, they won't hear those people or see them. So it means that you can meet with groups of people or individuals that you want to meet with without having to be seen or heard by the whole party. There are a whole bunch of different activities for this play party, including kinky bingo, uh, direct the dominant, spin the wheel, and there's a consequence. We're doing two truths and a lie. Um, we've got a number of demonstrations. There's cigar play demonstration. There's um, a needle play demonstration. Um, we've got uh, a fire cupping demonstration and um, erotic readings, tarot readings. So it's going to be an absolute blast. It's 10 pounds for a ticket to get in. And then the some of the other activities have different prices with them. Um, that's because this is a fundraiser because we're still working on building a platform ourselves that will encompass live events as well as education and be a censorship free space. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There are VIP tickets that are 150, which will get you into everything and get you a limited edition t-shirt and pin and other limited edition, edition merch. Um, but the uh, regular ticket price is just 10 pounds and then you can spend as much or as little as you want. You'll still be able to do things inside. If you want to attend this, you need to grab a ticket soon. You can do this by going to my website, drlauribethbisbee.com and going to the events page. And it is the first event on the page that you will see, second April play party. Please do come and bring a friend and tell people about it. We did a beta version of this um, on the 20th um, as a belated birthday party for me. And we had an absolute blast. We went until 6 a.m. UK time. This one is running from 10 p.m. UK time till 6 a.m. UK time. I'll see you all next week. Hopefully I'll see some of you at the party. And next week, the letter is I. Please be safe. But have a fantastic week. Do something exciting or sexy. Or maybe go try out some of the head techniques that we've talked about today. I look forward to seeing all of you on next week's show.